Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Nurse Money Talk podcast. For this session, I actually want to talk about patient charting and just some charting tips or some stuff I've learned over the years that I've found interesting. Some of this stuff is I feel like a lot of nurses don't really think about. Some of them are fairly obvious. For most of us, we just don't really, like our minds might not go there. Before I actually get started with this show, I want to invite you to go ahead, click the subscribe button. If you don't mind giving us a positive rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or, or Spotify, wherever your podcast listening platform of choice is, because it really does help us be able to get the word out, feeds their suggestion algorithm, if you will. Let's go ahead and get started. First things first, let's talk about exactly why is patient charting important? There's going to be one or two things that are really going to set the groundwork for most of this conversation. And one, if you look at a patient charting, it essentially gives a record of everything that's been done regarding the patient's medical care, past surgeries, procedures, so on and so forth. If the patient's health starts deteriorating, providers or whoever can go back through the record and see what might have been a cause of their deterioration, either from what was done or what was not done. From like the nursing example of this, you look at a patient has starts getting sores on their heels or their bottom. They could go back and they could see, well, oh wait, so this patient was never turned or was not turned as often as they should have. It was a patient that possibly might have had like malnutrition or had a higher risk for skin breakdown. The third reason is that in case of medical malpractice or the hospital being sued, charting, not your memory, is what's going to be used in the court to outline the care that the patient received. The reason for that being so important is that a lot of times these cases can either be drawn out for years or they don't get brought up until years later. If you think about how many patients you've taken care of that you've seen, how many procedures or how many whatever, then start seeing how that becomes really difficult, obviously, to keep track of what's been done unless you've actually had charting that backs it up, right? I wanted to lay out those three things and then let's get to some tips. The first tip out there is that when you're going to be charting, you should really think Think like a lawyer. So think about like if this was to go to trial, what are the information that they would want to know? What are the information that would be pertinent to whatever the case is? And this is very important because this sets up a lot of our conversation because a lot of times charting really doesn't become, from my experience anyway, too much of an issue typically until you have issues of malpractice or lawyers getting involved. You can take this how you will, but when I first started out, I had an older nurse. I would write like these very like extensive chartings and whatnot. And he just looked at me out. He was like, you know, you realize nobody's actually going to look at your charting, right? I was like, well, what do you mean? Like nobody's going to look at my charting. He was like, well, for the most part, people want to go look at what's been procedures that's been done on the patient. 
you know, they might go look at the flow sheet, but for the most part, they're going to look at the progress notes that the physician's written. That's where a lot of the real eyes are being laid on. And he was like, for the most part, probably the only time your charting is really going to be looked at is if it goes to court. And I was like, huh, it's been kind of interesting. Now, I don't know if I 100% agree with his statement, but I do think, though, that the emphasis as nurses, of course, when you're actually providing care, of course, take care of the patient. But when you go down for charting, you need to keep in mind, I want to keep an accurate record. And I also want to be mindful of how this is going to look at if attorneys look at it. Because then when you get to number two, you should really avoid situations where you're like double charting. Now, of course, if your facility requires you to be double charting, that's obviously something very different. But I'm talking about in situations where like we're not being forced to do it, but we go out of our ways to double chart. You already have a system where you can put a flow sheet and you can document like the meals of a patient and you can put it in notes, the notes within like the cells of a flow sheet for you guys that have epic or Cerner, you'll probably understand what I mean. Then there's not really a whole lot of point to then go to your narrative notes and put the exact same thing. The issue for that would go with number three, which is avoiding inconsistent charting. Because when you start double charting, you run the risk of then having inconsistent charting. And then you have to think to yourself, then how does that look? If you have a situation where it does go to trial, you're saying that in the flow sheets, you said the patient's lung sounds were clear. And then in your nursing notes, you say that the patient's lung sounds have coarse crackles or whatever. How does that make you look? In terms of your credibility, it kind of goes down a fair bit if they look back on it and then they see oh, wait, you had it different here and here. So what's really the case? What's true? What's not true? Are you really a competent nurse? If one actually happens to be that the lung sounds were actually clear. And so, of course, you responded based on the lung sounds being clear. But then you write that they had like coarse crackles or whatever. The attorney could say like, well, it sounds like based on this that happened that it was actually course crackles and you should have responded this way which you did not it makes it really hard to defend the next thing to think about is trying to document things or events as they happen i know that's easier said than done and i've been there it's really difficult to really document things as they happen but i do know that we run into a lot of situations where we could document things as they happen or at least catch up on those notes and we choose not to. And then if we do have a situation where we have, or units, especially med surge units, where you're gonna have a hard time keeping up with everything, number five being make sure you keep paper handy to jot down notes as you go along. The issue with not jotting down things as they happen, your tendency is gonna be you're gonna forget about it. You'll probably forget about it. And honestly, you're human. Like if we think about on the med surge floor, everything that could happen on a 12-hour shift, even on a good day, there's going to be so many things that are going to happen that it's going to be hard to keep up with, let alone on a day where everything is just going wrong. So just be mindful of how you're keeping jotting down notes. I like 
a foldable clipboard that I can then put my note or brain in. And then of course I've talked previously about how much the only pens I'll use are like click pens. I'll jot down my notes real quick, fold it up, and then I'll stick it back in my um, side scrub pockets. Number six is actually avoiding charting ahead of time. Some systems won't let you do this. Some will, or some you can do like a weird workaround. Just be careful of this because you can make assumptions that X, Y, and Z is going to happen. Well, that's a problem if A, B, and C happens instead of X, Y, and Z. And that's definitely a problem if you forget to change your notes that from X, Y, and Z happen to A, B, and C happen. Because once again, that gets to inconsistent charting. So just be careful of that. Number seven, and this is very important, especially for the nurses that work in high emotionally charged environments. So I'm thinking especially mental health and you can get a bit of this in the ER. Of course, this comes in in all nursing specialties, but I call out those two specifically because I think like the psych nurses are dealing uh, behavioral health patients. And of course, there's a lot of emotions tied to that. And ERs also get a lot of the brunt of that as well. And so the main thing being that it's very easy to let an emotional situation spill over your notes. Don't do that. Just don't do that. You lose a whole lot of credibility. It doesn't work well with the lawyers and because then it makes you seem unreasonable and that you're not stating facts like the matter of fact. So have somebody look over it or write it out and then take a deep breath, step away, save your notes to draft and step out. Like I've had situations where I'll type up a note let cool head set in and then I'll go back. I'll look at this. I was like, oh, shoot, let me go ahead and change this up because it's more emotional than fact. And so just be careful of that. The next one that I want to give you what I would call common documentation mistakes that I think nurses make. Number eight is trying to pass off chicken scratches as handwriting. There's a lot of jokes made like, oh, you know, you have a doctor's handwriting because it's illegible or whatever. Yeah, um, trying to write a note that's illegible and then trying to read it later. Like if other people can't read your notes, that's a problem. If you can't read your own notes, you definitely have a problem and you need to work on that because it's people have to start second guessing once again. I mean, look at it in a scenario where the attorneys are actually ignore the attorneys for a second. If somebody is looking at your note and trying to figure out what has or has not been done for a patient, it makes it really hard if they can't read your handwriting, let alone trying to get into a situation when the attorneys are trying to figure that out. Number nine is using what I would call fun color ink pens. Best practice for writing in any legal document is typically blue or black pen only. Some facilities might have more of an issue and only allow you with black pens. Just make sure you know what your facility policy is. Even in scenarios where I know a lot of facilities are now in electronic charting, you still do have some paper 
charting hospitals out there, but even still, like even the hospitals that do have electronic charting or some form of electronic charting, a lot of times you still will have some charting that is on paper or signatures that have to be signed. Number 10 is making up your own abbreviations. My goodness, this is so frustrating. It's like looking at a note and I have to sit there and second guess what your abbreviation is. If it's not common knowledge abbreviation, just stop using it. I don't know how many times I'll open up a chart and then over here trying to look at a note and I'm trying to guess like, what is that supposed to mean? I don't understand, not to mention it causes a problem as well. If you're using something that's on like joint commissions, do not use list, but just make sure you're sticking to common abbreviation guidelines. So number 11 is not following HIPAA guidelines. HIPAA is a big deal. And especially when you're looking at charting, you need to be careful of that paper charting. Make sure you're not accidentally or intentionally taking pictures of patients charts and then putting it on social media. I think I talked briefly about this, I believe it was episode four, where I talked about ways nurses can get themselves fired from their jobs. So HIPAA is a big one. Just be careful of that. Number 12 is charting in the wrong patient's chart. It happens. So just be careful of that. If it's paper charting, just remember that it's depending on what your facility protocol is, it's probably one or two lines over. So you're not scratching the whole thing out. If it's electronic chart, so just know how, depending on your system, how that works, where you can either mark it as erroneous and then it just goes off the system or there's one that might not let you, like once you sign it, take it off, it might not let you. So maybe like go back in and make an addendum to it and just write previous note entered erroneously or something like that. So just figure out what your facility protocol is, your health recording system is, and then just go from there. Number 13 is rambling on and not being concise. So try to be concise. You know, when I write notes, I try to be as concise as possible and essentially get to the point, give as much context that's necessary, but then just don't keep blabbing on. Number 14 is erasing patient like records you make. And so I talked about this already, just kind of being careful about how, you know, your facility or the system allows you to actually make corrections or addendums to notes. And then number 15 would be looking at don't alter patient charts. This includes removing documents or falsifying patient charts for any reason. You might think nobody's going to notice, but somebody will probably notice. Be careful about that. Try to go out, provide the best patient care possible. And then also try to make sure that you give yourself credit for the good work that you do. And that's one way to look at the charting is just to make sure that you are giving yourself credit for all the work that you do. You guys worked really hard for your license. And so the last thing you want to do is put that in jeopardy because of unsatisfactory charting. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I will catch you guys in the next session.